Hello and welcome to uh, well, what I've what I've just been told by Charlie's rocked my world that season one went on for you know quite a substantial length of time. Mm-hmm. Season two, uh, I think we probably got about five or six episodes out. This is now episode nineteen, <laughs> and you've just told me that it's we're on season four. Yeah, yeah, and and God knows how many. Uh... <laughs> podcast episode season four season four is gonna have i'm sure it normally works the other way based on popularity like the, the very first season of breaking bad i think only had i'm gonna say nine episodes oh yeah but then it was it was so popular that the second season got commissioned for something like like double the amount i think they had like yeah, 18 like, episodes or oh, something yeah. yeah uh and then it kept that going for it. the following three seasons, then or five seasons of Breaking Bad. At the end. Do you know sometimes Phil, we were going know, the other way? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, we're reversing it. Yeah. The more you like, the less we we do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sometimes intimidated though by that. Like when you you're like trying to get into a TV show and it's like 23 episodes for five seasons. I don't I don't know if I have the I time you, for it, this. Well, but, it's you know it must also be really. Demanded. intense for the writer or the showrunner or the creator whatever you know all those roles I feel like because post post production must be tough too because you're on a really tight schedule yeah especially if and it's not like a binge drop and you must just be absolutely wetting yourself thinking right where where am i going to pull 24 episodes worth of content from yeah yeah but then you also get have you have you heard of the idea of a i think it's called a bottle episode oh i've, I've heard of that before what, what is it again remind me so there's there's a, it's more common apparently in like uh, sitcoms where mm-hmm. although it's a sitcom where there might be you know a, a running story but occasionally they'll slip in what they call a bottle episode so it's uh it's there's nothing in that episode that relates to the overall oh oh no no, no oh no wait, like a filler episode exactly like yeah, that yeah yeah absolutely yeah, yeah yeah and that way if um, they are struggling in post production, yeah. Then and they are like editing up to the release date. Then they can they edit the bottle episodes first, and they've got them sitting in the back burner so that if they get to like week four oh, of the yeah. season and they've not edited episode four yet, then they can throw in the bottle episode and it'll just bottle. be a daft, yeah, fun throwaway episode, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, that, yeah. I think so. They must be limited to kind of sitcoms because I know like more like plot-driven um, shows have like more filler episodes, which is really frustrating when you've got like yeah. a twenty-episode show, and then episode eighteen of twenty will be a story about the main characters. Um, do, do, do you know, like pers- Yeah, do, like do you know, it can just sometimes be really, it can it can really harm the pacing. I think of the story, and it's like really like don't yeah. don't don't. don't put these in if like 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 don't 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 order a 20 um episode tv show and then waste five of those episodes on on, you know oh yeah and or or the episodes where the episodes where it's like a greatest hits and they just show you clips from previous episodes from previous series again that's a full sitcom that's that's That's, that's so lazy that was standard uh, standard fare for any nineties sitcom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember the time we did this, and then it would like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the screen would shimmer, and all of a sudden yeah, you get yeah. that whole scene played out again. Amazing. Well, this is this is episode nineteen. Uh, this is our bottle episode. 
Um, <laughs> is now is it is now that we've oh, got, it we've got it. Oh, yeah. No, there is no there is well there is a running theme through this podcast, which is of course that we are uh it's take two movies. It's all about uh me and Charlie, the two of us, uh watching a the same movie uh each time and then getting together and commenting on it in line with uh this book that we've been working with yes. um since time began, it feels or at least since the pandemic began. Um yeah. And, uh, and it's guiding us with a theme every week. The book's called Everyone's a Critic, the 52-week movie challenge. And uh, this week's challenge, we decided last time it was going to be uh, rich and poor, wasn't it? That was the theme. It was, yeah. And uh, we had we had a plan we did. whenever our last podcast plan. was. And what was it originally we were we going to watch? We were really excited because it was a Bon Joon Home movie. It was Snowpiercer with Chris Evans. And none of us yes. had seen it, and we were really excited for it because we liked Bon Joon Ho, and we liked Chris Evans, and so we and thought we, my, might, we might like this movie. My mistake. I assumed it was it was done as a Netflix original, so that it would it would be free on Netflix. Turns out it wasn't a Netflix original, and it was, although it had previously been on Netflix, yeah, it was it no longer on. available there. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so which um, we sued Netflix. This is why we've. Had such a big break between podcast episodes. We sued <laughs> yeah. Netflix. You, I mean, you you were, you had to resign from your job, didn't you? Just so we can really put a lot of time and effort into the lawsuit. Yeah. And the, so the counter I, the counter suit was quite disappointing when they <laughs> when they took me for all the money I have. Yeah, yeah, that was quite. Yeah, you're currently podcasting from a, a trash bin outside your old home. Although, uh, ironically, <laughs> paying Netflix for a subscription. Which is which is good of me. Yeah, that was quite nice of them. <laughs> so uh, we we moved on. I have to mm-hmm. tell this because it, it you know it, it <laughs> used up a valuable. You know, I'm I'm working full time. Uh, obviously, you know, the, got my wife at home who I enjoy spending time with. I've got a new PlayStation Five. I could be doing things on that, but no, I got a text from you saying, "Well, how about this? If we can't do Snowpiercer, let's do." Donald Trump. Let's do the other the other nominated. Yeah, let's uh, get really political. Absolutely, Donald Trump documentary, but it's not a movie. It's a four episode, with each episode being pretty much an hour long. Uh, documentary limited series. Yeah, it's a limited mini series, so it's like each episode's like an hour and a half, an hour. So you you suggested that I agreed because uh, we're because we're such big Donald Trump fans that we figured hey. Let's get on the podcast and talk about how Donald Trump's so great and how he's a very rich man. And did uh, you watch that four-hour documentary? Come on! <laughs> I, I, I sadly didn't have time. No. Uh, uh, however, uh, you did and enjoyed it, to which I then replied back about a week later saying... Oh, and the reason, by the way, that um, we've, we've kind of taken a while getting this episode out is because I've got a new job, so I'm kind of summer job so i'm kind of managing between that and the the, the days i'm off are, are unpredictable and, and not absolutely yet. yeah so it's tricky to kind of get a thursday night free but um or any night for that matter <laughs> um but uh yeah so then i text you about a week later going listen i have an even better idea how about <laughs> we watch how about we watch coming to america an eddie murphy <laughs> classic which is a kind of comedy about rich be poor to which you replied with, yes, that's a classic. Let's do it. However, I've already watched all of the episodes yeah. of the Trump documentary. 
Yeah. I mean, there's there's fewer and, people and in the world. Donald Trump for an interview for the podcast episode. Uh, he's got plenty of time on his hands. Now. If there are there are fewer people, I would least like to watch four hours of than Donald Trump. <laughs> but I did. I, I want to know that I did it. I want you to know that I did it for you. Yeah, and then I was like, nah. <laughs> Brilliant. So thankfully, yeah, no. thankfully though, uh, coming to America mm-hmm. is one of my favourite comedies. Yeah. So uh, when he said that, I thought, well, I'll forgive him. As <laughs> I have done as I have done so many times before. <laughs> uh, because at the end of this hideous documentary, actually it was a very good documentary to be fair, uh, but at the end of just watching this hideous man for four hours, yes. uh, I get to watch uh, Coming to America. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and indeed uh, we did, and we've both watched it. And, uh, um, you know, there's only one way to kick off, and that is, he said it was rich and poor. Tell us a little bit about coming to America. Charlie Henderson, give us your synopsis. So it's, uh, so it's, when is it? It's set in the 80s, right? So it's the 80s. Um, yeah, late 80s, I think. Late 80s, yeah, kind of, uh, yeah. And uh, Eddie Murphy, who plays, um, oh, what's the character's name again? I'm gonna find, I'm gonna find it. Don't worry. Uh, Prince Akeem, that's seconds. it. Prince Akeem, Eddie Murphy, everybody's favorite, everybody's favorite comedian. Uh, who he's taking a break though, hasn't he, for a while? Anyway, Eddie Murphy, uh, who is playing Prince Akeem, he lives in the wonderful African country of, uh, is it Zim? Zim? What is it again? I watched this like when I was half asleep. I enjoyed it though. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> this is this is your bit. This is where all the research is. pays I know off. It is, but this is what happens. I've, I've taken such a long break, I've forgotten who I am. Amazing. It's so, Zamanda. It's Zamanda. Zamanda. So, yep. Eddie Murphy plays Prince Kahim. Uh, Akim. Prince Kahim. I'm so tired. Akim. Yeah. And he's the prince of Zamanda. 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 But here's the thing. And I, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, hey, I wish I was a prince. I wish I was the prince of a very wealthy country that, that doesn't have a lot of media attention that is that is everything's chill there but here's the thing eddie murphy as prince hakim is not he's not he's not happy with it all he wants to go out and explore the world and and see see america and also his dad is kind of a bad guy and is forcing him into an arranged marriage so he's all, he's all like here's the thing i'm gonna take i'm gonna take my um I'm gonna take my mate, and we're gonna to go to Queens, America, yep. and we're gonna. I'm, I'm gonna find. I'm gonna find myself a, a lovely lady to take her back to my to my. I'm gonna force her to marry me, and take her back to my country, and everything's gonna be great. And so, yes, yeah, so the movie is about him experiencing America for the first time and finding, or maybe not finding, a wife. Very good. <laughs> Very good. If if you hadn't had to Google use any names, the characters, yeah, yeah bad for that. That. I I, re- I forget character <laughs> names all the time. It's not good. Oh, Have man. you not? Do you not write them down? What do you mean, write them down? Well, oh, oh, with with the, with the pen and paper. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. If as you if you know if you know that you're not going to remember them, then if yeah, you write, I should, them, I should. and then. 
Well, what's good about that is you can then just look at the bit of paper. Reference it. But I want to introduce you to this wonderful website called IMDB, which means that you can look at every character name and every actor name. But you've been here for 18 episodes and still there's a lag and you get the names wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm only back to my Gun City Venn diagram of characters. Gun City. Going on for so, coming to America, mm-hmm. um, brilliant synopsis, absolutely summed it up perfectly. Uh, quite huge... simple, it's quite a simple um, premise too. Absolutely, yeah. Simple. yeah. And, and, but I think that's, that actually works really well for it. Totally, yeah, that's, that's what makes no, it succeed. It's, when I compare it, I, I wondered, because I loved it when I saw it, I probably saw it kind of when it came out really late 80s, early 90s, uh, and really enjoyed it. And I wondered if it would be like a lot of comedies from that period, if it would really struggle like 20, almost 30 years later yeah. um, to, to you know compete with comedies nowadays. But actually, it was, it was really good on the basis that actually the pace of it, it wasn't trying to throw... 50 jokes a minute at you it no. wasn't trying to do more than it, it, it claimed to be doing it was just a nice story with loads of funny bits loads of funny quotes and loads yeah. of funny characters uh, yeah. it works i think because it's so simple um and and for a couple other reasons as well which no doubt we'll talk about what uh, what did you think did you enjoy it yeah it was brilliant yeah it was really fun it was just like exactly what i needed because like I've been working some really tough shifts, so it was really nice to kind of get a break and watch a movie that was just really, really, really funny. Uh, and yeah, no, I think what's great about it is it doesn't put comedy first necessarily. Like it puts character yeah. first and then comedy second. And not second is in like a, a gap, a large gap between them. But in a way that, because sometimes I think that can happen, that, that comedy can be prioritized over narrative and it, and it, do you know what I mean? And it kind of flops because they're trying too hard. Yeah. Uh, whereas here it's it's really well, it's really well balanced and it's really there, there isn't a character that isn't funny yeah you know, it's, uh, it's uh nah, it's brilliant it's really good absolutely and uh and eddie murphy was quite a, a quite a surprise for me as well just because again hadn't seen the movie in so long but you just did like, you just get a surprise you thinking, when you saw him oh eddie murphy <laughs> no oh my god uh, i never knew he was in this movie uh, <laughs> yeah. well and i'll i'll explain why it was surprising to me, like what rewatching it. But I'm intrigued to know when you think Eddie Murphy, because I grew up with Eddie Murphy, right? Yeah. As as this absolute, probably the uh, one of the biggest stars on the planet, and yeah. w- alongside like Michael Jackson, Prince, absolutely one of the biggest black stars on the planet. Yeah, probably like so, the biggest black comedian. Totally. Yeah, totally I mean, like, like, like the equivalent of kind of like Kevin Hart is now probably bigger though. Yeah, I would say big. I would say yeah, bigger big, at that yeah. time just because there were, you know, there were so few uh, black comedians at that level. You know, yeah. where he did have the ability to get a movie made and to um, and to to be the star of so many films around that period. So mm-hmm. so, but I, I wonder if that's different for you because you've not grown up with Eddie Murphy. In fact, there's times when I, I, I haven't. I'll stop talking and just ask you what you know. What's your what's your take on Eddie Murphy? Given where 
how old you are and what you've seen. I mean, like, Shrek. <laughs> like, mm. I know that sounds so, like, I mean, like, you probably ask anyone oh, of my of course. generation, and, like, that's exactly what they would say. Like, that's it. Because he didn't really do a lot between... Do you know, like, he didn't... He kind of stopped and didn't do much. Am I right in saying that? Like, he didn't... He didn't do... He used to do stand-up, and then he didn't do stand-up anymore. Is that right? Yeah. Like, so, things... I mean, he was... Yeah. At... I mean, probably the last time he did stand up would have been the eight, would have been the eighties. Yeah. Um, but what what made him most famous was uh, his stand up comedy show was probably the he he probably had two of the biggest um, video at the time because it was before DVD video sales for stand up comedy shows, and definitely yeah. the biggest for a black comedian. Yeah. But they were massive, and he was probably the second black comic in the States to really cross over massively to a white audience as well. Mm. So, you know, there were, there, there's always been a lot of black comics in the US, but uh, before Eddie Murphy, there was really only Richard Pryor, I would say, who crossed over. So that, so and Richard Pryor was a very different kind of sense of humour to Eddie Murphy as well. Eddie Murphy was really outrageous and in your face. Um, and people, I don't think, expected that to go down so well with a white audience. But actually, it was it was so funny that it didn't matter what background you were from. He was still so entertaining that those videos sold massively. And that's what then made Hollywood look at him as a potential movie star. And they played it really safe, right? So his first couple of movies were um, tended to be kind of him as a lead character, but alongside another white male character or a couple of white male characters. Mm-hmm. So, they, so they were vehicles for him, but the, the studios played it safe and still had a couple of kind of white characters working alongside him. But then, again, he just shone out so brightly in those movies that he ended up leading the movie himself and then coming to America I think was probably most significant because literally the entire cast is black mm-hmm. yeah which I mean you, you saw such a big deal of that was made a few years ago with Black Panther yeah but Eddie Murphy yeah. was doing it <laughs> that movie 30 that years movie, ago that movie really was just Martin Freeman <laughs> just, just yeah. Martin Freeman yeah yeah who who even then didn't really even need to be in the movie yeah and that totally. movie's Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, there are a lot of similarities in that sense that yes, that it's such a mainstream movie with a, a, an all black cast and it's and it's brilliant. Like Black Panther's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. I think what's like you talk about how this is kind of held up for you, right? You yeah, you feel that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. I think it's because like it's still like there, there sometimes you watch a movie from like the maybe not the eighties, but earlier maybe, maybe some eighties movies, and like some of the stuff, the way their characters speaking or kind of the things the characters and the opinions the characters have that maybe were seen as suitable in that time or maybe, you know, obviously dated now. But like, whereas yeah. here, you know, like opinions on gender, race, everything is, seems, is, is you know, like there's, a, there's kind of a, a, a theme of this is kind of gender and gender um, um, and how and how men maybe view gender, yeah. women. And, and it's like handled really well here and, and Eddie Murphy does it and, and and you know his his obviously he believes that that a, a woman is 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 more than just has more than just her body to offer and that you know and that's why he obviously goes to queens because he doesn't want to just marry whoever his dad thinks is 
restroom. And I think that's it's all all these um kind of social commentaries are handled really well and, and really hold up today. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh huh. I think that's what Definitely. I admired maybe possibly most about it. It's just like it's a movie that hasn't really dated at all. Like it's still really yeah. the comedy is still funny. The social issues in it are still current and and hold up. And there's yep. and there's like I was also thinking something like there isn't a bad member of the cast either. No. Like everyone's really funny and everyone's really like does a cracking job. Yeah, even like the the uh announcer at the King's Court who's just got some <laughs> brilliant like deadpan looks on his face and little glances yeah. and things like that are fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the the McDowell's the guy who runs McDowell's the dad. Yeah, he's the, brilliant, the yeah. Daughter is just fab. So yeah, it's 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 just got brilliant performances. And that's before you even get to the performances of the two lead actors who don't, of course, just play their own characters, but also play like four or five other characters right, in the yeah. movie as well. Which, like, like I didn't really realize. Like, I, uh, I, okay. I, just, I never, I never, I mean, obviously, because I'm not hugely familiar with Eddie Murphy, like I was yeah. saying earlier. Like, I didn't realize that he played the, um, the, the band he was he the singer yeah. i didn't realize that until the credits because like of his hair i was like what and it makes that joke funnier about how he wanted to get hair like that to impress the girl and the guy's like no you don't want to get hair like that don't do that so i, I thought that was really clever thinking back it really it's i can't stop laughing because even even without seeing that um that the movie again I still occasionally have, whenever anyone talks to me about like coming to America or think about that movie, the scene I always remember is that scene in the church where the minister is just going mental and he's this this really over-the-top kind of gospel <laughs> yeah, minister yeah. played by Arsenio Hall and, and that he alone is a brilliant character and he's whipped the crowd up into a frenzy and he's full of all this passion. And then he introduces the boy who's coming on to do the singing, and he instantly loses the entire yeah. crowd because they all hate him, yeah. <laughs> apart from one guy who for absolutely me, loves him. Oh yes, for me the funniest bit was that they go to this isn't it this black appreciation um, ceremony? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Just looking at these girls. It's just girls in bikinis. Amazing. Yeah, and amazing. he's like screaming about how amazing they are and how God's gifted us these amazing people. That's it. And then, and then you think like so that's gonna happen with them, and then they just walk off. He's like, "All right, that's it. good, good." Yeah, right, they don't even. There's, there's, it's not even like an old school Miss World. They're just turning up and no, just walking off. Like decide like if there's a winner or if this happens, they're just like, "All right, bye." Amazing. It's really funny. That whole scene's really funny. Another scene I really liked was the um when they initially try and go out and get girls in at the uh, in the clubs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the montage. That's really funny. Yeah, and the girls really are all absolute psychos. Yeah, yeah, that's also really funny. Yeah, absolutely. And the whole McDowell yeah. things is uh, that's really clever. Um, how you, uh, how how it's this McDonald's knockoff, and yeah. how he works there. And there's like a lot, a decent amount of scenes of him working there too. And oh, absolutely. It's, it's really good. Yeah, it's really funny. And like how he tries to mop the floor with the basket of the mop. Yeah. <laughs> That was that's, the, that's the power of it, right? Because yeah. I don't know if I think about comedies that we've watched over the last kind of you know, 10, 15 years, 
I don't know how many of those are going to stand that same test of time. Um, I mean, like, I was listening to someone say this, and like, because like there aren't really pure comedy movies anymore. Yeah, which is sad, but like, it's more kind of if you go and see a comedy, like you go and see like. I guess I just went to go and see. Like I went to go and see Free Guy on uh, on Monday, like I was saying to you earlier before we started the podcast. But which was an amazing movie. It's awesome. Um, yeah. And I guess that's the closest thing you get to a comedy. Like, and an, an, you don't really get comedies. You get action comedies now. I mean, you get action everything now. But you know, yeah. Which is kind of sad. Like because like this guy, uh, this person I was listening to the end of was like the last kind of comedies you got were like things like Ted and Dirty Grandpa, <laughs> which like. <laughs> didn't have a great um appeal do you know like yeah. people they weren't really high critically acclaimed and that i think because of that they almost kind of killed off the mainstream comedy do you know like comedy movies don't get a billion dollars do you know exactly do you know they don't get over kind of 700 million which is sad but yeah i think it's quite interesting that but then again i think comedy has a great backlog like of things that came out in the 80s and 90s and beforehand you know so like there are pros and cons to it but i think it is quite sad that comedy as a genre isn't really current right now yeah and I, well I th- and i think that's you you make a brilliant point about you know there's a there's the kind of um back catalogue of comedies that you can still go back to and will still be funny and in that sense Comedy's got the edge, hasn't it? Because if you watch yeah. a if you watch a movie with special effects from the eighties or nineties, you can instantly you instantly feel it's yeah, dated. Right, yeah. Whereas a joke from someone's mouth, you know, totally. Yeah, yeah 100%. <laughs> from, from someone's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I, I mean? always I yeah. prefer jokes to yeah. come from people's mouths. Same I, here, if... but I do know people who prefer from like the ears, which I don't really understand. <laughs> But you know, whatever, whatever floats your boat, whatever. No wonder, no wonder people aren't making comedies anymore, because some people just don't have the ears. Yeah, just don't have the ears. Yeah. The funny ears for it. Oh man, <laughs> nah, it's um, ah, good movie. I enjoyed it. I have to say, like now there is there is also a sequel. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen this? No, no. I, was, I, I watched. I watched it usually like as happened with Hunger Games and with another one we did. But usually, like I watch a movie. And then if there is a sequel, yeah. like, right, I'm putting a sequel on right now while I'm in the kind of mood. But like yeah. I watched the because the sequel's free on Prime, I think. Um and I so I watched the trailer for it and I I wasn't hooked. Like I know that's no, no I it's about like his son and how he goes, which look that stuff looked good, but then it was also like a a, a rival kingdom uh, or country. And right. like it look, it didn't look bad, it just didn't look I just wasn't hooked enough to watch it, you know. Well, it's had horrendous reviews. Has it? So yeah, and so I thought I've given it a wide berth, and also I don't, I don't know. It, well, it's, no, there's certainly nothing. I'm quite happy with that little, lovely little hour and a half, yeah, comedy movie. It's great. Why? Why would you want any more of it? And um, I don't know. I, I feel. You know what? I feel. I feel if I watched it. It would do what every comedy sequel seems to do, and it's the biggest. The biggest culprit for this was the Hangover movies, right? I don't know if you've seen the Hangover movies or, uh, or no, any no, of I haven't them. Seen the Hangover movies. I know, I know that they're it's um 
Is it Todd Phillips who does the Highlander movies? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cooper's in them and stuff. Yeah, no, I know, I know, yeah, I know them, but yeah, I haven't seen them. And it was a it was a concept comedy, right? The Hangover, and it was not expected to do anywhere near as well as it did, and it exploded, right? People yeah. loved it, and it was, and you know, I I thought it was hilarious. I absolutely loved it. Went to see the pictures. I think it was probably one of the last films I bought on DVD, that, and I rarely even bought DVDs when DVDs were things. So uh, that's how much I liked it. And then they brought out Hangover 2, massive excitement for it, and it was literally the same movie, just yeah. with some of the characters shifted around slightly and, and in a different location. And mm-hmm. uh, But you, you could have been watching the same film. And, and the... the Jokes weren't different enough or new enough to make you think this was worth your while, and it didn't really do enough with the, you know there wasn't really a story there because it was just a comedy. You weren't watching it for the story, so yeah. it was. Um, and that seems to be the theme now when comedies do get sequels: is it it comes? How can we just remake what mm. made us that money in the first place I mean, and play really safe? But that isn't even just with comedies. Like for example. Hollywood have liked to do this recently in the last kind of five, six years. Um, and I mean, I guess it started with Star Wars. Um, they just yeah. brought kind of rebooted stuff. And like, there's a reason that some of these are called classics. Do you know? Like, yeah. it's because they've been left alone and people have just appreciated them over time. Like, I mean, like a new one that's coming out that actually, to be honest, looks quite good is the new Ghostbusters one. Um, yeah, yeah. With McKenna um, Grace and like Finn Wolfhard and stuff. I think it's called like Ghostbusters. Uh, Paul Rudd's in it too. Anyway, that yeah, one looks, yeah. that one actually does look quite good. But like, and sometimes it works. Like Jurassic World, it worked. Um, I guess Star Wars, you could say it worked. Um, but I mean, also it'll flop. Like for example, the other Ghostbusters one in 2016 was awful. Yeah. Like <laughs> because it's the Hollywood seemed to. It's a smart move, sure. Like get an old nostalgic um, IP uh, and then reboot it for a newer, fresher audience and you'll have the new audience as well as the older audience who liked it. It's like, it's really, it's genius, but it's like, <laughs> do it well. And like, I don't think some, I think some of these, these studios don't appreciate or realize how um, important and um, meaningful these movies are to people's hearts. And so yeah. when you redo it, you can ruin their childhood in some sense. I mean, like that's, for a ton of people, Star Wars has been ruined <clears throat> with the sequels. Like, yeah, people really hate those movies, including myself. Like, and in some sense, they've people, you know, people say they've ruined their childhoods with it. So it's like, I think Hollywood needs to be careful about what movies they redo and, and don't redo. It don't, don't like sometimes another example of it working like Bed, 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 Buh. Oh. <laughs> Um, Bill and Ted, bed, bed and Ted, nice. Bill and Ted, had a, they had a third movie, didn't they? And that apparently was quite good. So, right, I think it works sometimes and it doesn't. But I think when it doesn't work, it's really dangerous to its original movie. Yeah, and it, it absolutely kind of ruins, affects the reputation of it, and you end up then getting this weird position where you know people then just years later try and write it off and say, ah, oh, well, we'll just. Think what they're kind of doing with that Ghostbusters one that came out a few years ago. You know, they're now releasing something else because they know they know there's value in that franchise, but they also know how much people hated the last one, so they have to kind of disown it. Yeah. 
yeah. and say, ah, well, we're going to take it in a new direction and do something different with it. I think the Jurassic World ones will suffer a little bit from that. I don't think the last Jurassic World movie was up to much either after the first one. No, I don't one. think people enjoyed so it. I mean, that first one's good, but apparently the second one wasn't as good. But I mean, I think the difference yeah. with Ghostbusters is, is the guy's, the guy directing its son's doing this one. So I guess it's kind of like... Do you know it's a kind legacy of project. yeah but even then you watch the trailer and it's it's just stranger things <laughs> like well, it's just a bunch yeah, of kids absolutely. so it's not hugely original even then but uh yeah i'll probably go i'll probably go to cinema logic because it's quite good but uh we'll see but yeah i think hollywood needs to be careful with what stuff they're because like was it daisy ridley came out and said they didn't even have a plan for the new movies and that's atrocious that's i mean that's straight up not good <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, I, I, was, well, I think with some it, of that stuff you you have to take with a pinch of salt. Though I find it hard to believe oh, no, anyone oh, no, doesn't I, have a plan when they've got so much money behind it. Oh no, know? I think you watch those movies and you know they don't have a plan, though. <laughs> I think I don't think I don't think it's like that. For for me, you watch those movies and you realize that none of them none of them communicate or none of them had a plan. I can see well, that. Well, then maybe. then take I suppose give it give it put another spin on it, there was never a plan for three Star Wars movies when George Lucas no, but delivered they're... the first Star Wars movie. And I know there's the story about, oh yeah, of course it, it was planned to be a trilogy. Nothing is ever planned to be a trilogy because no one ever knows if it's going to make them money other than like a Harry Potter or a Hunger nah, Games where they've already yeah, got... I think, I think every storyteller tells a story knowing that having an idea that some of something that could happen later. Not necessarily wanting to do it, just knowing in their head where the characters would go, because you you're, you're going to ponder that as a creator. So you know? I think I think you might I think they might now, but I'm talking about Star Wars when it came out in the seventies. And just bear in mind that the sequel wasn't sequels weren't really a thing. Yeah. So there wasn't there wasn't that concept because actually, God, summer blockbusters weren't really. A thing, you know, they it was Jaws just a few years previous to Star Wars coming out that really kicked off the idea of massive box office returns. So the idea that you know people design things with sequels in mind, it it didn't tend to happen. What tended to happen was people maybe converted books, and if there was a series of books, just like you know the, the, the modern equivalents of Harry Potter and Hunger Games, then yeah, that so so James Bond. Would you'd have multiple James Bond films before that time, but they were never seen as sequels. James Bond, it was never like it's not I mean, like it's the only, it's James only been Bond. the yeah, it's only been the modern James Bonds that have done this connecting story, which I, I'm not a fan exactly. of. I rather James Bond does his own missions and everyone's kind of um not connected, and it's just you know, um, yeah, but no, but I think I think George Lucas had an idea, I'm not saying he handed three scripts into. Into the whoever he was handing scripts to and went right. We'll do the first one. I'll see what it does. Like I'm, I think every storyteller knows where their story could go and where they might want it to go. Wanting to plan something Ev- or not. Evidently not. With the but new, yeah. with the with the yeah. new three Star Wars yeah. movies. No, no, no. But what, with with that though, um, what's his face? J.J. Abrams. He he had a, he's he's come out and said he had a plan. But what I think is like, he possibly told Ryan Johnson that plan, and Ryan Johnson went, ah, I'm doing my own one. Do you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I genuinely think that's what's possibly happened. 
And Ryan Johnson went away and did his own thing. And then J.J. Abrams, because you can tell watching that last movie that J.J. Abrams was handed, obviously he was handed it and was gone, fix this, please. <laughs> and, and and he didn't do it because no one could really do it because they, they went in such a different direction. So back to coming to America. Uh, yeah. Because I have no way of segueing back. Yeah, no, there isn't from a way. Star Wars there isn't. Again. There isn't. <laughs> what are you? Uh, what are you rating coming to America? Out of uh, five stars. Yeah. I don't know. Like coming to America gets like a solid four out of five. I'd I say. have given it exactly the same. Yeah, I nearly said four point five, and then I was like, I don't know about that, but it's definitely a four. Like I don't. But then again, I don't know if there's anything to improve it. I think it's just a really nice, fun movie. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, and, and, yeah. It's just feel good. There's it's a. Good. Like if I look at the films that I've given like more than four stars, it's normally been films that have had a Sharknado, more significant meaning. City, you know. <laughs> well, no, for me, it's in in all seriousness, it's like three billboards. Yeah. Um, social network. It's social network movies that are, are resonate beyond just a good story and yeah. and funny. Yeah, movies that are made to 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 change something. In in, yeah. uh, in society, I think, in the and yeah. in, in the way that you think, yeah, absolutely. yeah, and yeah, and your mindset, yeah, totally. So it, it it doesn't quite do that, but as a piece of entertainment, it's very good. I think coming to America is brilliant, and and when I and the stuff that I never realised at the time, like you know having a, a movie of that scale with a fully black cast mm-hmm. was a huge accomplishment at the time. And yeah, massive that, deal. You know, too, I look yeah. back now and think, my God. If it was hard in the 2000s to get it done with Black Panther, then God, in the 80s, it must have been even tougher. So, mm-hmm. uh, so no, amazing. And would recommend it to, to anyone who wants a good chuckle. Uh, <laughs> I like to think you're going to go like along the streets and be like, would you like a good chuckle? A good chuckle? May, may I recommend this movie here? <laughs> Just like opening my jacket as if I've got a couple of chuckles in my, <laughs> you got, in my inside pocket. You've got a couple of Coming to America Blu-rays kind of like... <laughs> Five on each side. Would you like a good chuckle? Excuse me, sir. Would you like a good chuckle? And getting lifted by the police for offering people chuckles free, on the free, street. Yeah, free DVDs. Free chuckles? But then you offer the police free chuckles and they understand and then they let you go. Oh, police love nothing more than a good chuckle. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's, that's their raison d'etre. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, eight, eight stars uh, yeah. or four stars apiece. Um, very, very good. We move on to episode... 2020. And this is a bit tricky. Okay. Because the theme is a movie set during your favourite time period. Oh, and it's your, you're deciding. No, I'm nominating. And that's the thing. I'm nominating, but I I don't know what your favourite time period is. So please don't say between like three and half three, because I don't think that's what it's aiming for. Well, I'm confused. You're nominating. (laughs) So it's, it would be your turn to decide, but you're now nominating me to do it. No, no, I'm saying no. you tell me your favourite time period oh, okay. and I will I will find us some movies to watch and the I'll th- send you them over WhatsApp and you can decide which one. The 1300s. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, so we're back to... What was it we watched? We're back to um, Nosferatu. I like that. I thought that was quite fun. I know you didn't, but maybe it's because I watched it on times four speed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, well, I can assure I you that. that's exactly the reason. 
never seen such a fast walking vampire. Um, my favorite film, favorite time period. Yeah, I think my favorite film kind of time period is probably the eighties. Kind of, um, yeah, eighties movies. I think so. Either an eighties movie or a movie set during the eighties. Yeah, a movie that came out because it's about yeah a movie that came out. Ah, but that's no, that's not the theme. So the theme. Oh. Is it needs to be set during your favorite time period? All right, so I'll I'll say movies set in the eighties because most eighties movies are set in the eighties. <laughs> I am going to make it my mission to find two no, no. modern movies that are don't, not set in the eighties. Oh, don't do that. that. Oh, that's not fair. Oh, Easy. Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four. Done. That's not funny. That movie's so bad. That movie. I've heard awful. it's not. I've heard it's not good. We sat down and watched as a family, and oh, I felt very sorry for my mum and dad after that. Oh dear. Apologizing profusely. Yeah, I can't see them loving that one. Okay, so I will I will have a scout around. We're gonna cool. do a movie set in the eighties. And I will uh, I'll drop you a line and we'll decide and obviously we'll let we'll let people know when uh, when we come back for episode twenty. At, yeah. at this rate, probably sometime in twenty twenty two. Maybe. Oh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> no, but no. we will uh, nah, we'll sort that out. We'll yeah, get we'll that watched. And, uh, and thank you again, mate, for uh, for nominating coming to America. I really enjoyed it. No, no, no. Thank you. No, it was uh, it was good. I'm glad I I'm glad we picked it, and I'm very sorry again that I made you sit through four hours of Donald Trump. <laughs> Even though all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna get my revenge with the with this uh, with this week's challenge. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Amazing. Thanks again, Channing. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs>